0: Greetings, dance floor darlings. You're listening to This Is Disco, a monthly Danny and Kylie Minogue commentary podcast with your
1: hosts Adam Eve
0: and Eliza Day. The kettle's probably on. It's true. I love it. I love it. you got to hear this song.
2: A Wombat!
1: Well, hello there, my fellow Stannies and Dancefloor darlings, and welcome to yet another glorious Minogue Monday, right here on This Is Disco, your monthly Danny and Kylie Minogue commentary podcast, and we're here and very excited to get into February's instalment of the show. Adam Eve here with you, and I'm of course joined by my gorgeous and wonderful co-host, Ms. Eliza Day. Hello, my darling. How's it going? Done.
0: Oh, it's gone pretty well now that you've already uh, kick-started things off with a song pun before. I've even had a sip of my drink. So I'm thrilled, thrilled, thrilled to be back talking about a Danny album. We haven't done that in a while because we had all of her birthday celebrations. Right. And then we did a Kylie album and then it was Christmas and like so much time has actually passed. Yeah, Yeah. Because we really as you said, got into right Danny
1: album. <laughs> well, we are clearly very excited indeed to dive deep into yet another Minogue moment and, well, might as well. Just what Minogue masterpiece of an album are we covering today on This Is Disco, Eliza?
0: Well, Adam, tonight's temptation is Danny Minogue's Get Into You. You can play that game, as you can see. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Very, very excited for this one, folks. And we've obviously both got our strongly held thoughts to get to. But before we slip into any of that, it has been a hot minute since our last episode, which covered Kylie Minogue's body language. And we really got the people talking and into the vibe of that Silky Smooth record once again. I mean, the feedback was amazing, wasn't it, Eliza?
0: It was so good. And I think also it was really lovely to have so many, you know welcome back, we're so happy you're back, messages. That was very unexpected and so lovely and just really appreciated. But, yeah, it was funny. It was almost like a a liberating experience for a lot of people who had been, like, closeted body language. (laughs) 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 Because the people who don't like body language are quite vocal about it. And then the rest of us just think, oh, I better not say anything. <laughs> like we're riddled with shame or something. Oh, my God. And then God. soon as we started celebrating it, everyone's like, oh, my God, I love this album too. But also the amount of people that were like, I had forgotten how much I loved this album. I loved mm. revisiting this album. Um, and then people that didn't have an opinion either way because it, it bypassed them or I guess because it wasn't promoted as heavily. Every time I went to my mum's, the week after that episode dropped, she wanted to talk about body language.
1: Oh, wow. And all the different
0: songs in it. I was Amazing. like, that was, I felt like we our work was done, that we'd converted <laughs> someone to body language. But, <laughs> yeah, like it was, and I also wanted to give a quick shout out. Um, I forgot to mention it last time. Our dear friend Simon had been doing a bit of research on body language and sending me notes while he was... Um, in isolation, in a Swedish hotel room over Christmas. Oh so. my gosh! <laughs> Thanks, thank <laughs> Simon. <right>. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, Simon. Um, <laughs> yes, but also thank you to everyone who joined us for the money can't buy viewing party. Yes. And, oh, what a show! Oh, oh
2: I, I, so good. Every
0: time I watch it, I'm like, oh my god. And quite a few people, you know, touched base with us to say they were either at that show and you know were sharing like their their tickets or their you know memorabilia from that night. Um, and a few people, you know, were leaving comments on Instagram. So Stephen on Instagram had also shared that he was at GAY when she did some body language stuff, and he wasn't, couldn't even remember if it was a planned gig or if she was just
1: That's right. It might have been there. a se- little secret pop-up gig thing.
0: Yeah. And then Cassie on Instagram had some info on the Madonna Alone Again track, saying That's that it was right. a ray of light cast off. Yes. So, yes, thank you to everyone who, you know, sent us little... You know, tidbits that we weren't sure of or just shared their, you know, gig stories because we couldn't go to any UK (laughs) gigs. Yeah, it was just such a fun few weeks of everyone celebrating an album that is very, very, very underrated.
1: Mm, Definitely, definitely. Well, speaking of the last time that we spoke... Obviously, mm-hmm. and particularly so for yourself and I, me asking you just exactly what's happened in the world of Minogue since we last had a chat serves up a much bigger headline than I think either of us were expecting. So, Eliza, what's Goss in the realm of Danny and Kylie this past month?
0: Well, that huge headline you're talking about, I assume, is that lip sync on Drag Race? <laughs> Just kidding. Um, let's not even go
1: there. So- <laughs> um, oh, my God. Don't. Oh, oh my God.
0: <laughs> I'd forgotten about it until I
1: was uh, doing my notes. I'd obviously done some pretty good repression with that one because I had forgotten <laughs> yeah. about it too because it was just so depressing that we finally got like a, a, <laughs> like a disco-era lip-sync song on Drag Race and they might as well have come out and just swept the floor. Like... <laughs> It was useless. <laughs> useless. They should have oh. both been sent home.
0: <laughs> anyway, but that's not what we're here to talk oh. about. We're here to address the fact that our Kylie TM mm. is home. Yes! She's back in Melbourne. Finally, I was actually wondering because I was starting to get a bit agitated like, wait, she said she was coming home. Where is she? Right. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> on the socials, up she pops. Night out at the theatre.
2: Yeah, just down in Milan Rouge.
0: Just down at Moulin Rouge, just hanging out. Um, yeah, so now I'm having all these, like, are we just going to bump into her at the food court at Chadstone? <laughs> like, what are the possibilities now? It's so weird because she hasn't... But, I mean, yeah, she comes back for Christmas, you know, and it's that's always been the way, but... The last time she lived here, I guess, lockdown doesn't really count because none of us were living. Right. <laughs> it was like thirty years ago. So I don't know what the, I don't know what this looks like. <laughs> like when she where does she hang out and just potter around? Look, she's just one of us.
1: Right. So, yeah, sure.
0: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Kylie's home. Kylie Wine is now available in the US. So, for any yeah. of our um, American friends, have you got your hands on a bottle yet? Are you drinking fine wine? Send us your wine pictures. We'd mm, love to see that. We
1: would. We would. Um, Even your wine reviews. Guess... We like a good wine yeah, I'm not review. I
0: sure, love a wine review. I think they've only got the Prosecco, but I could be wrong.
1: Right. Maybe the Rose.
0: Right. Okay. Like, I don't think they've got the four. We don't even have the four. No. Range, so.
1: <laughs> Let's not talk about that. Imagine, right. if, they, imagine <laughs> if they get more of a range than we do. Don't. <laughs> be don't. Riot. It's been a hard enough um, week, month as it is.
0: <laughs> I know. So, I think that's about it. Have I have I missed anything?
1: Not that I can remember.
0: Is there It's only been a few weeks since we had a little Minogue chat.
1: True, true. But that was very, very big news to cover, obviously. Just
0: incredible. I know. It was so, so huge. So very excited to have Kylie home. I mean, I assume she'll be just popping down to Luna Park to ride the carousel. Maybe maybe popping on a hat and walking along the Yarra just to, you know.
1: Oh, yeah. Just another day.
0: (laughs) Just the huge. I wonder if she'll go to... Who runs that milk bar? Remember? (laughs) Remember one of those videos from the 80s where she's like, here I am. I'm, this is, uh, I think her name was Sula. She runs the milk bar. And it was like the local. Do you know the one I'm talking about? I know the one you're talking about, but I can't remember. The the really, really early videos. Like, you know, just popping down to Camberwell Market. But also, let this serve as a reminder, Melbourne folk, if you see Kylie walking down the street, please leave her alone. Let her just live her life.
1: Yeah, I'm sure the paps are already out because they were the last time she was here.
0: Oh, that's so gross. Like just
1: Through a pandemic, but the people... British paparazzi were in Australia getting their photos. <laughs> That's just mind-blowing. Not cool. No, anyway.
0: Not cool. Like, we joke around, like, oh, what if we saw her at Chadston the food court? If we saw her at Chadston the food court, we'd leave her the hell alone. Right. It's just a funny concept is more what we're getting yeah,
2: at. Yeah,
1: <laughs> Anyway. Yeah, obviously we are both very, very pleased to see that our Kylie has finally come home again. And I think I can speak for us both as well when I say that I hope that the disco microphone is about to get another workout. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
0: Oh, please. Infinite Disco HQ Melbourne, please. (laughs) Oh, yeah,
1: that'd be amazing. Oh Anyway, Eliza, shall we get into the mind of Danny Minogue's Get Into You?
0: Are we going to be doing a drinking game for every time one of us says get into?
1: (laughs) I I don't think that's wise.
0: (laughs) No, it's probably not because it's going to be like every second line. (laughs) The Get
1: Into You story begins on July the 20th, 1992 with the release of its first single, a cover of the Jackson's classic, Show You the Way to Go. Let's take a quick listen to the Jackson original right now. The original no doubt a classic, but very much as you'd expect it to sound coming from the Jacksons. Danny's approach, however, kept the original soul vibe and groove of the original and then baked it in rich, deep house beats. It was the perfect hybrid of pop music, R&B and dance music, and the fact the song was already a classic via the Jacksons made this really feel like it was a great choice for the first single. It wasn't too flashy or showy either, and felt a bit strategic in its release as well, with a more serious-looking Danny on both the cover and its video, with perhaps a sound that felt more adult than the debut album era before it. Danny was older and had a particular vibe and sound she wanted to bring to this hotly awaited sophomore effort, and it was very much on show that that was, at the very least, the initial brief for the start of this era. The remix work that took place on the UK edition of Danny's first album definitely served as the bridge between Love and Kisses and Get Into You, with Danny's love for all things dance music becoming more and more inspired by the time Show You The Way To Go arrived. Not only was the Danny original co-produced by Andy Whitmore, a man who would go on to produce 14 UK top 10 hits, including Peter Andre's Flavor and Eminem's I've Got a Little Something For You. I'm looking forward to those being put on the playlist.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm just making some notes here.
1: <laughs> Show You The Way To go. single release would see it remixed by Aaron Irving. Uh, The track's 12-inch mixes all work a treat, but I must admit I've just never been able to gel properly with that Errol Irving mix. It just feels like such an afterthought compared to how meticulous the production was of Danny's original. I definitely think the album version and the 12-inch extender mix are really the only mixes you need of this song in your life. (laughs)
0: I am obsessed with that 12-inch version. I, I have in my notes House Music Heaven.
1: so lush, isn't it?
0: Oh, is this the birth of the Queen of the Clubs?
1: I definitely think this is the era that it began. The love affair sort of yeah. started falling into place during the remixes of those UK yeah. singles, and that sort of opened Danny's world up, I think, to
0: yeah. the possibilities dance of dance it- music. Right. I always sort of associate that birth I guess for want of a better word with the girl era but it wasn't until I started listening to all of this I'm like wait a minute like was this conception
1: yeah oh (laughs) totally totally like Uh,
0: yeah like the remixes like a lot of these remixes are just oh
1: chef's yeah definitely top notch but Mm -hmm. in regards to show you the way to go what about that video just <gasps> saucy oh. sexy a little bit mysterious uh, this was about as far away from bubblegum pop as you could get and the music video definitely enhanced that point too
0: oh my god look we can always count on a Minogue to service some um, some wet half-naked men and I will mm. forever be uh, grateful for that
1: <laughs> <laughs> father son but, in I mean, the house looks... of Minogue
0: <laughs> oh it totally I mean she looks stunning here like it's it's such a 90s video mm-hmm. but also I don't know if this will make sense to you, but a very 1992. There's something about uh, 1992. Totally. What is it?
1: Uh, it's like, uh, I could... it's that whole for me it's it's pretty much everything between 1992 to 1995. It's just all right. Just spectacular.
0: Yeah, it's very specific and I, I don't know what it is, but if I if you showed me a music video from that time, I could I could probably pick the year not just go oh that's 90s or that's early 90s or like it's like that's that's 1992 specifically (laughs) so so the video was directed by liam khan it was actually really difficult to find a lot of information on these videos like normally wikipedia is (laughs) a quite quite helpful not with this right but what I did discover was that he also did Snaps' Oops Up and oh, The Power. Oops, oops Up. Oh, my God. I know. Oops, I know. Oh, you know what? I'm yeah, putting yeah, the playlist. Yeah. We've got some snap. Um He did fives When the Lights oh, Go Out.
1: Okay, That's such a great pop song. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Pet Shop Boys' Where the Streets Have No now, Name.
1: Speaking of, bloody hell.
0: And Take That's Why Can't I Wake Up With oh, You. He did all those wow. videos. I know. I'm I, I, quite
1: surprised.
0: Interesting, to, yeah. So... Anyway, so, hot, hot, hot
1: video.
0: Hot. It kind of reminds me of, like, you know, um, if perfection had started on land. (laughs) (laughs) But that's just because there's a half-naked man in it. That's really the only common thread.
1: (laughs) Show You the Way to Go was released on July the 20th, 1992, and would eventually spend three weeks on the UK singles chart, where it peaked at number 30. It pulled similar numbers in the UK Music Week dance chart, where its highest placement was number 38. And very, very miserably on a local front in Australia, the single peaked at number 104.
0: I feel like I'm in Parliament and I'm about to scream out, shame, shame, shame. It's just
1: terrible.
0: What was was wrong with us at that time? (sighs) Uh, at that time. That, that, that's a whole anyway.
1: other podcast.
0: <laughs> uh, anyway, well. Oh, God. Don't know what to do about that. Anyway, apologies is, I guess, all we can do. I mean, not that you and I were buying things,
1: but. Well, yeah, exactly. We were. I was buying what I could with what little pocket money I was getting at that time as a kid. And yeah,
0: I've still got like I literally have all these singles on cassette.
1: <laughs> so many, still so many Danny Cass singles. Oh my god!
0: Oh, bring back the Cass single. That's what I. Oh, that's what I also want for a girl reissue. Just to get sidetracked for a minute, I want all the girl singles on Cass single. Wow. Anyway, sorry, different episode, different. Just, just shower thoughts out loud. Sorry. <laughs>
1: Danny's final single for the year of 1992 saw her release The Brilliant Loves on Every Corner, a track written by Paul Taylor, dance music legend of d Mob, Dance and Danny D, and The Kathy Dennis, whose backing vocals are also on it.
0: Apparently there's a demo floating around of her. Do we have access to No, that?
1: the demo exists. There's confirmation that the demo exists, but I have That's never it? been able to find it.
0: I would love 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 to hear that.
1: Mm, yeah, same same it would be great to hear that cuz I I look for it often right. and I can't find it
0: anywhere. It's such it's it is a, once you know Kathy Dennis is behind it. It's a very Kathy Dennis. Totally, song. It's got, totally. It's very touch me. You know, ugh, love it.
1: And what would become getting to your second single in the UK. <laughs> it never actually saw a proper single release here in Australia, which really baffled me to read when I was doing research for this episode because I have the CD singles that I remember I buying know. in Melbourne with my parents, but I'm guessing now that it must have been imports because it probably.
0: That explains why I don't have this, the single because when I was going through all my stuff, I'm like, why don't I have this single? And I'd I... I couldn't figure out what was going on and why I didn't, but thank you for clarifying
1: Yeah, it. really weird. I mean, and once again, you know, Australia doing our Danny absolutely rotten when it came to the charts. Yeah. Uh, so much so, the label didn't even bother pushing the second single locally, which, uh, it's a real... It's so real weird. ...real shame, because Loves on Every Corner is a really, really great pop song soaking in house mm-hmm. music beats and laced with R&B and that single cover with the towel wrapped around her head. I mean, absolutely oh. gorgeous... Breathtaking, And it's actually one of my very, very favourite Danny single covers. I just love that shot with the old school Danny logo at the top of it. Oh, it's just stunning, Eliza. Oh,
0: it's gorgeous. Do you know who did the photography for that? Mm. Um, it was Andrew McPherson, who is a photography legend. So he was born in London, but lives in L.A., um, and he did all the portrait shots for those three singles. So um, he did the "This Is It" stuff. That this is the way. Oh wow! That's why right. if you look at if you look at those three singles, they're very that's that portrait. It is very much so. Yeah. yeah. Gorgeous. So from the mid mid eighties to the mid nineties, sorry, he was a fashion photographer. So he worked with The Face, Glamour, L, Rolling Stone, Vogue. Like he was in London, Paris, Milan. Like. Mm you know, very sought after fashion photographer. Wow. Um, And he, as far as, you know, musicians and artists and stuff, uh, he did a lot of work for George Michael. So he shot that iconic Ladies and Gentlemen compilation. Oh, you know, that, that's right. his work, wow. which when you look at that and then you look at these shots for Danny, it's like, right. right. It's, you it can all makes sense. Sort of see. There's a link. Yeah, it's like, like, yeah, you can see that's his signature style, I guess. So he also did the older stuff. And what else? He's worked with Janet. Jackson, Pink, U2, Tina Turner. And also, if, if you go through his um, Instagram, like, his portfolio is incredible. He did Cher's recent Vegas show, like, you know, with all the Bob Mackie yeah, stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah, wow.
0: So there's some spectacular photos on his Instagram of Cher with Bob Mackie in those Bob Mackie oh. costumes. that, And he's the photographer.
2: Wow. So,
0: and this has come way up. Like, Danny was one of his earliest sort of people that he photographed, mm. which is... I mean, and what breathtaking oh. photos they are. All those... Sonny. These three singles, just, just gorgeous. So we don't talk a lot about photographers. I'm not sure why. I'll have to rectify that moving forward. Yeah, yeah, was, that's
1: really interesting.
0: Yeah, I was like... As I was looking into all these other covers that he's done, it's like, oh, my God. And you can see all the similarities and the style that he has. And I, I assume that's from his fashion background, Anyway. Right, yeah. Yes, but I agree 100% that those shots with the towel, it's oh, definitely some of my favorite ever. <laughs> So the backing vocals for this track were by Juliet Roberts, who would then go on to do the vocals for David Morales' Needing You 2 in
2: 2001.
1: The remixes for Loves on Every Corner were rather minimal considering and once again, the only ones you really need to worry about are the original version itself and the banging 12-inch club mix of the track, which is very different to that single mix and possibly my very favourite version of the song, to just Down. But um, mm-hmm. there was one other mix which I'll touch on briefly. I'm almost 98.9% of the time dead against any kind of dub remix. I know that, (laughs) shockingly, as a dance music nut, you'd probably think that I might really love them, but the truth is they always just make me want to listen to the original or the extended 12-inch mix. I I never sit down actively and go, I might listen to some dub remixes today. I mean, what's the point? Half of her is gone, you know? So the 12-inch bass-in-your-face dub mix of Loves on Every Corner is essentially an almost Danny-free version of the superior 12-inch vocal club mix. So why not just listen to that 12-inch club mix again and hear all of Danny singing the way we were supposed to instead?
0: What what actually is a, a dub mix? Like, what's the definition of a dub? Is it taking more vocals out? Basically, on... yeah.
1: Right. Yeah, they're always... It's more made for, like, the dance floor, but just play the fucking original. Right. Right. So my apologies on turning this into a rant about the uselessness of dub remixes. Let's talk about the really hot and sexy video. Danny looking even darker and more mysterious and dare I say it, edgier than ever, or dead edger, as our lovely friends at the Right Back At Your Podcast would say, hello, hello. In this video, there's crawling around a city landscape, sexy poses galore, and a bejeweled necklace that would make every breastplated queen on Drag Race extremely jealous. There's that iconic (laughs) hairstyle, and most importantly, there's that absolute fire choreography. I mean, what a uh, visual treat.
0: It's incredible. Like, the blonde highlights are in full uh, swing by this video. So hot! It's incredible. And you know, I love a '90s laneway dance off.
1: Oh God, yes! Like,
0: oh, uh, oh, yes. Get it in a laneway. Do you know what? It reminds me. It's very Janet Jackson, nasty. Which you know, Danny gave us a bit of with Natalie Miller on Young Talent Time. <laughs> it's you know, got that vibe to it. Um, I don't know. It's kind of like. There's parts of it I'm like, is this like Madonna's Frozen but on a rooftop before Madonna even did Frozen? (laughs) I think that's just the crawling around in a dark outfit. I was like, what? I was like, where the hell did that come from? (sighs) It's the weird. thing. When I'm watching an old video, the things that will pop into my mind, it's... Anyway, (laughs) so this... I think this video was directed by someone called Zoe Broach, but I couldn't find a lot of information on her, so... Apologies if I've got that wrong or if I haven't spoken enough about her. It was quite hard to find, you know, more info on her, but oh Stunning, stunning video
1: Loves on Every Corner would only see a UK release, which happened on the 30th of November in 1992. Sadly though, even the UK were a bit shit in supporting this track and it peaked over there at number 44 at the time, a deeply underrated Danny single and one of her many that deserves proper pop justice. The year is 1993 and it's been some time since Danny released Loves on Every Corner, leaving people guessing about her next move, a move I don't think any of us saw coming either. The story really begins on March the 29th, 1976, when the R&B, disco and gospel artist Melba Moore released the Van McCoy written disco classic This Is It. In UK Top 10, a Swedish Top 20 and a US Billboard Top 100 single, Melba's This Is It became another disco pop classic of the 1970s. But around 14 years later, the song would see new life, particularly so in the gay nightclub circuit, via a Eurohouse club cover of This Is It from an artist called Ruth Campbell. It got very little radio support here in 1991 when it was finally released locally through Central Station Records, which is a label that would eventually sign Danny to their books. And while Roots' version would not find major popularity on Melbourne and Australian dance and youth music radio stations across the country until 1997 when it was re-released, it's a version that definitely opened the doors for a big pop girl like Danny to take the track and push what could be done with it even further. (laughs) On July the 5th, 1993, Danny Minogue released the third single from her now upcoming sophomore LP, Get Into You, her very own cover of Melba Moore's This Is It. Eliza, we were very lucky to speak to the wonderful pop king and all-round living legend himself, Terry Ronald, last year on the pod. And he spoke a little bit about the recording process behind Danny's This Is It With Us, didn't he?
0: He did. Like, I mean, This Is It kind of marks the beginning of one of the the greatest um, friendships and collaborations in pop music history, Completely quite agreed. Like, I, I don't say that lightly. Or a little, I, no. I, I 100% mean that. Um, so they met in September 1991. Um, I mean, I could read from Danny's book, I could waffle <laughs> on, or we could just uh, listen to the man himself.
1: Tell the story. Right, right. Well, yes, let's uh, very quickly roll the footage and take you back to that moment before we do start to chat properly about this zip. Please give a big woo and calm the rage for
3: Mr. Terry Ronald. (laughs) Hello, Terry. How are you? I'm good. In gloomy London. I'm very well, thank you.
0: Very, very exciting to have you on. And also, before we go anywhere, happy birthday to you.
3: Yes. For
0: the same day as... Miss Danielle?
3: Mm. Yes of course of course I'm years younger darling. Well I was about
0: to that was my next question because I had heard that so I was trying to figure out like my maths isn't great but I, I assume you were like a toddler when you met her like <laughs> was she your au pair?
3: Or... She was she I was actually only three. That's, when what, I it, right. that's what
0: my calculations told me so. You
3: know I, it was quite advanced you know doing the production of you know vocal production on this is it when I was five and a half I mean it was yes quite a feat yes oh my gosh well it
1: is of course our beloved Danny Minogue's 50th birthday celebration on the pod this Minogue Monday and in the spirit of that Eliza and I had a feeling that you might just maybe have some wonderful Danny stories we've perhaps never heard before you'd
3: like to share with us all i have is there any particular i mean the one that i mean i don't know whether she's talked about a lot of them in the book but i suppose the 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 the, the thing that firstly and you know without being too sort of schmortzy the thing that i will say about danny is that t- to me i i'm not sure that i would actually have much of a career without her because when i was doing my whole pop star bit um and we were signed to the same label i met when i met when we were 19 she was 19 i was four Um, and uh uh, she invited we discovered that we had the same birthday we got sent on this trip together to um perform like the sort of spanish brits Mm -hmm. she was a guest and i was actually performing because my song was quite a big hit there um and i performed and she said oh i loved your voice and you know we just started chatting and then we realized we had the same birthday so she invited me to her birthday party and um which was fab and um so uh um so yeah so that was how we met and then um the the reason i'm saying that is because after that we basically just became really good friends I lost my record in eventually a couple of years later and when that happens nobody calls you it's like tumbleweed you know yeah um, you know where's all my friends from the music industry <laughs> right. um, but then there's like one phone call from this little voice going hi hey, Terry it's Danny you know uh-huh. I've heard what's happened and it's really awful and you know would you come and help me you know I've bought this studio with all these different producers and I I don't like it because I never have any consistency, you know. So would you come in and work with me on my vocals? And I said, well, absolutely. I said, well, you know, I've never, I've only really worked on my own vocals and with my backing singers, but I'll have a go. And we went, and with the first one session we did was for This Is It, which was brilliant for me because I knew the original. I know how to do disco. That is like it's basically in my (laughs) veins, disco music. I know kind of the ad lib and she said, "Well, I want to get that kind of raspy, souly sound that you get." She said, "What do? You, what? How should I do that?" I said, "Well, we'll just have a fag outside, do <laughs> <So she laughs> a cigarette, so she could get." And she, said, I can't believe she says, "When I got a vocal person, and I really never expected the first thing they would tell me how to do is to smoke a cigarette on the darts." <laughs> but you know it was the 90s so <laughs> did this is it and it came out so she was so happy and the vocal sounded so good we did the backing vocals together and we were so happy with it that we released the a cappella version that they released the cappella version mm-hmm. with all the because she was so excited about how how she sounded and i think it was basically because you know she'd been in and out of studios like you know you know like it is in the pop world with you know a bit of a in our situation with different producers, and you know, someone had actually taken the time to say, "Well, you could do this, you could do this, we could try this, we could try that," and that's why I think that vocal when people first heard it, that wow, you know, mm. she sounds so great and so full on it, and it wasn't any really anything to do with me so much as someone taking the time to give her space to do what she wanted, yeah. um, uh, and we kind of went on from there, really. so that's an and uh, going on from that is forever since then whenever she's done anything whether it's theater when she got the x-factor job when she was doing an autobiography with me now being a writer she has always i've always you know along with ian of course been her first point of call because she's always phoned me well i know terry can do this and I'll get hit, why would I get someone else? Which is what I mean by, you know, she's a very loyal Mm. um, friend and person. And also Kylie is very similar. She knows the people that she works well with and she uses them because she knows they can do the job she's not necessarily interested and dan is the same in you know having the latest person or the you know this person's really cool she just thinks well i know i know the people that can do the job and they're my friend and i'm gonna work with them and uh, and because of that i have done so much stuff with dan over the years from being you know from being thrust into x factor judges houses um, to Danny's house in Ibiza. Stuff. yeah which I never like I'm like aren't you supposed to have a celebrity she went oh, I'm not doing that um, I want you so, so she insisted to the producers that it was me um despite that nobody knew who the hell I was and then you know with, the same with the autobiography, you're a writer now. Will you do my autobiography with me? I'm not. Like, well, I've never done an autobiography, I wrote a novel. Well, come up, you know, you can do it. And, and I said, Oh, okay, fine. So she kind of forces me into these things, which I'm eternally grateful for because, you know, I'm not very good at pushing myself forward, right. but I've got like, you know, I've got little mini Minogue there, you know, always <laughs> like, You can do this, go on, do it. Oh, so, a you know, great cheerleader. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's really good because there are a lot of things that I've done because of because of her.
2: This is it. This is it. Oh, this, this time I know, know it's a real thing. thing. I can't explain I'm what I'm feeling. I'm also worried.
0: I love how he says that it wasn't anything that he did other than just sort of give her the space to do what she wanted. Right. Yeah. Um, but look, to be honest, I think he should give himself more credit because <laughs> yeah, that <I> in <laughs> itself is a really, it's such an incredible skill. Um, and clearly not many people have that skill.
1: Oh, no like, way. Like, wouldn't know what to do.
0: No. And not just even in a, you know, a recording session or a creative session, just the ability to bring out the best in someone, whether that's, Personally, professionally, or whatever. That is such a talent mm. and such a skill. I mean, and especially for Terry who was only five years old at the time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, we love you, Terry. Oh,
0: love. Anyway, that's really the end of my notes there. I was like anyway, we love Terry Ronald so. Basically. Very much.
1: <laughs> the too but long did I mean, read version is we love Terry yeah. Ronald.
0: <laughs> this is a Terry Ronald like fan podcast. Now. <laughs> think as well and you know we'll get to the other tracks that he worked on but there's such it's so obvious going back and listening to this whole album when Terry stepped in when he started doing the vocal arranging yes and which tracks he worked on like it is so obvious mm-hmm. like she just sounds incredible i mean she sounds great all the time but there's just something extra right when Terry
1: sprinkles his magic on it. Early 90s dance pop at its finest, Danny's This Is It took the song many of us already knew and turned it into not only the definitive version of the track, but also a huge pop cultural reset with its video, which we'll get to in a moment. (laughs) And the single oh. cover's breathtaking and enormous giant floppy hat. Now...
0: Sorry, let me get my giant I'll floppy hat Oh, get it out. on hang now. On. Hang
1: on. Oh. FYI, my dear go. Eliza. But mm-hmm. did you know that this is actually the first known photograph of an enormous giant floppy hat? And it's oh, actually very that. strongly believed by historians that the enormous giant floppy hat was yet another one of Danny Minogue's many innovative Now, this is actually a slight rephrase of a tweet that I made years ago that another Danny fan stole word for word 24 hours later. But thanks to timestamps and a podcast, I'm reclaiming my time. (laughs)
0: Proclaiming my time. Oh my goodness! Oh, well, I'm wearing Jesus. my floppy hat now. Speaking of, like, Twitter I can and see
1: stuff, it. I'm say loving me, it.
0: <laughs> someone did say, "I hope you're going to wear a big floppy hat when you record." And I thought, "Damn, I am!" <laughs> I didn't even think of that. What a great idea! And I apologize. I've forgotten. I've forgotten the person's name. Um, but thank you for that amazing suggestion. I, I, I do. I do have one on, but. I mean, what a great historical fact, Adam! Thank you so much. I mean, I guess that's why we're filed under history podcasts on, I think, one of the platforms because of that these is kinds true of historical facts. <laughs> <laughs> you can also find us under religion. That's right. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, I think. what do we filed under? H- history and religion.
1: <laughs> well, because we're under music history, and for some reason, on a certain platform, we just moved it to history. <laughs>
0: to history, so if you're looking for like Which, you know, the not seen But I
1: haven't seen it. I've only ever seen it in the music history section.
0: Okay, okay.
1: But yes, I, where Can we imagine? are, we're a history and we are a podcast on the religion of Minogue.
0: Correct. There's no, no lies detected.
1: <laughs> oh, but Jesus, what a song this is, Eliza. This is how you make a catchy Eurodance pop banger in the 90s. And the song was everywhere, all over radio, constantly on rage and video hits. Uh, This was a moment everybody was talking about and a song nobody could resist.
0: Even today, I mean, this is her signature song. Right. She had one song that she could sing at that gig at the Music Bowl in December. And this is it.
1: Right, yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Pardon me. So... I mean, and it still brings so much joy to people. If you, anyone who hears this song, like, that's, it just, you can see, like, the smile comes up, everyone, you know, whips out the choreography. And actually, if you, for those of you in Australia who have access to the Listener app and Danny's 90s podcast, Mm -hmm. in the 1993 episode, she speaks a little bit about This Is It and she said that it's always the song of hers that she hears at the supermarket. <laughs> oh, my God. And that, and oh, can you imagine? Because I, I think somewhere in that she said that, you know, she never knows what to do. Like, does she just, like, do the dance? I'm like, can you imagine being in, like, oh the fruit God. and vegetable section at Cole's? <laughs> this is It comes on. You look across the potatoes. at Lock eyes with Danny. It's like, sure, let's just do the routine. <laughs> it's like a busy Saturday afternoon. <laughs> Who cares? Because Cole's radio would play that, you oh, they know would. they would. They would. <laughs> oh, speaking of Danny's nineties podcast, I forgot to mention at the start of the episode when we were giving a recap of all news. Um, if you're in Australia and New Zealand, make sure you check out the latest episode of Danny's nineties podcast where she did this awesome Valentine's Day uh, special. It's really, really great. <laughs>
1: Aside from its banging original 7-inch mix and the thumper of an extended 12-inch mix, which, no surprise, is my very favourite version of This Is It. Outside of those, though, This Is It really got a major remix treatment, and every single one of them hits all the right spots. So, the One World 12-inch mix, which definitely takes a little inspiration from the tone of the Ruth Campbell version, uh, the Danny Got Merked mix by the Incredible House Legends, the Merc Boys, and an alternative 12-inch mix that takes Danny into Full trance rave territory. This alternative mix also serving as the very first time Danny and the world of trance music would combine. Okay, so what about that video, Eliza?
0: Oh, my God. Talk about a cultural well, reset. It really was. I mean, talk about Danny inventing TikTok. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: And, and like, Julian McMahon inventing chest hair, which for me oh. as a very, very young <laughs> child, just sort of discovering things about himself, was one of the many sexual <laughs> awakenings I would have Uh
0: Oh, my God. What were you, 10?
1: Uh, when was it? Yes. Yeah. ten. Um, I, I liked what I saw.
0: Oh, I, I bet Very much. <laughs> oh, my God. So this was directed by someone called Willie Smacks. Um, he also did Eurythmics Missionary Oof. Man. Um, take That's It Only Takes a oh, Minute. Oh, wow, Okay. And version one of George Harrison's Got My Mind Set On You, which is like the super
1: oh. 80s. Oh, Version. Right.
0: I forget that all these things were kind of of that yeah. era. So anyway, I mean, I don't. I don't even know where to begin with this video. I mean, she did the choreography.
1: Right. Yes.
0: That's her mm-hmm. choreography. So when I say she invented TikTok, she really did. She invented. <laughs> she invented TikTok. Well, you know. So yes, and as you mentioned with your uh, sexual awakening, it was
1: hard not to mention. <laughs>
0: From from Julian McMahon. Look, as you all know, we do not mention the girls' private no. lives on the podcast. That's not our jam. But Julian McMahon does star in this yes. video and the next one, so we will be referring to him purely from the standpoint of the male co-star in Correct. these videos, and that's that's where the discussion on him will begin and end. Right,
1: bingo. Yep.
0: That's that's all I have to say on that. But yeah, I mean, what it. Just what a joyful video. I mean, I think I spoke about this in our last episode. I tried to do that choreography in the middle of the <laughs> audience of the Sydney Maya Music Bowl, But If you're not, like, moved to do this choreography wherever you are, like, I can see why when she's in the supermarket, she's contemplating doing the choreography that she invented.
1: Right. Yes, <laughs>
0: yes. <laughs> I mean, I Well, would. it's hard
1: for us to resist it. So it's obviously hard for her just... to resist it as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, I'd love to know, how how easily can anyone listening, if you hear this song, if you're, I mean, obviously, if you're at a club, obviously, you're hitting the dance floor, you're, like, dropping your drink, you're getting up off the toilet midstream to just run to the dance floor. Like, when you're, like, just in the supermarket or just anywhere in a shop, do you just quietly bust out the routine? Do you have self-control? Because I don't. <laughs> Let us know on our socials. (laughs) Please, answers on the back of a postcard.
1: Now, Eliza, I have a bit of a funny story from my childhood about Danny's This Is It. It is a bit of a long story, so buckle in. Oh, excellent.
0: Should I get
1: comfy? Yeah, definitely get comfy. So, in 1993, I was not actually living in Geelong, but was on my final of three years with the family living in the very small Gippsland town called Stratford. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, even as a kid in my Geelong primary school, I knew I was different, and that I had, and and that I was treated differently by some, if not all, the people around. But it wasn't until moving to this really tiny country town that I realised things could be a lot worse and a lot more backward. Oh, God. So uh, if I thought making friends in my birth city of Geelong was hard, I had no bloody idea what was to come. So it was definitely a real challenge to find people that I could gel with there on a pop cultural front. How,
0: um, just for people, I guess, outside of Melbourne and perhaps for also people in Melbourne, how far out of Melbourne is... Uh, is it
1: Stratford? Stratford. So I know that... A like, couple I of know, hours? Yeah, a couple of hours, because it's about just under three-hour drive from Geelong.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so not near the big smoke.
1: No, no. And like, literally, I was one of maybe two Madonna fans in the whole school, <gasps> and the other one was in her final year with grade six, so I never really spoke to her, but oh, God. there were these two... What I thought very lovely sisters, who seemed to be the only other kids at the school who'd buy Smash Hits every fortnight and TV hits every month, naturally, as I did at the time as well. I remember mum got me a year subscription to Smash Hits one year for my birthday while we lived in Stratford. And I cried for an hour at a happy I was. Oh, my God. <laughs>
2: That's so cute. <laughs> oh,
1: but, yeah, look, anyway, these two sisters. So we do poster swaps and even let each other borrow cassettes and CDs from our respective music libraries. You know what it was like. Uh, anyway, look, I am getting there, I promise. So, as I said, Stratford's a bloody small town. So when we had to move out of our original rental into a new address it was really not much of a surprise that both of our neighbours were the families of kids that I went to school with. The one on the left I wasn't friends with as he was an older boy, but the family on the right-hand side was the family of the two sisters. <gasps> no! Yeah, so Aww. our hangouts and music sessions became more frequent. Uh, obviously, when I got the cast single for This Is It... I had it on heavy rotation for a long time and was so obsessed with it as a kid that I actually thought for a good 10 years after its release that it was actually an Australian number one single. It was. (laughs) Yeah, right. Probably because of how many times (laughs) I played it. So I was particularly protective of this cassette. Right. As a kid, I was always okay with letting people borrow music, and this was long before my high school policy of no Madonna or Minogue loans to anybody. So when one That's of a good policy, right, right. So when one of those sisters got a copy of the brand new Peter Andre album on cassette, <laughs> oh,
0: is this a Peter Andre um, episode? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do we want to double
1: up? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, she asked if uh, she could borrow a one hundred percent hits compilation. That I had and my This Is It cast single, and in return, she would loan me the brand new Peter Andre album, which I very much wanted to hear. So we did the swap, and I really thought nothing of it. Anyway, the next day, the older sister comes knocking on the door to return the two cassettes, which I thought was very fast. I take them back and I explain that I hadn't had a chance to listen to Pete Andre yet. And she said it was okay and I could give it back to them on the weekend. So I walk back into the room, pop the cassettes into my wooden cassette drawer and probably went back to cutting pictures out of magazines. So the next day, however, I decide that I would like a fix of Danny Minogue's This Is It B-side, It's Time To Move On. So I grab the cassingle from my wooden drawer, pop her into the cassette deck, press play and just nothing, (gasps) nothing at all, and a very weird sound coming from the cassette player. Oh, no, 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 no. I press stop, rewind, more weird noise, play again and yet again, nothing but a weird clicking noise and utter non-Danny silence. So I take the tape out of the player, and as I look closely, I realise that the entire roll of cassette tape inside the cassette is gone what gone get yes eliza as in the fucking tape was now absolutely empty of the main ingredient necessary for it to do its job why (laughs) i go back and ask the sister what happened like i'm assuming that like obviously the cassette deck has chewed up yeah yeah. the cassette right (laughs) i go back to confront her like i was really upset And ask her what happened, and she plays total dumb, tells me it must have (gasps) chewed up in my player. I tried very flabbergastingly to explain that this was fucking impossible, but they get the best of my tiny child self, and I just dragged my feet back to the house. And after crying and being angry, I finally realised that I still had a lot of power in the situation, as I hadn't given them back their (gasps) Peter Andre cassette yet. Uh. And the fact of the matter was that the Peter Andre album was a very fresh, brand new release at the time, so there was perhaps more value here, especially as Danny had already released this as its follow-up single, This Is The Way, before Andre's debut album would even drop. So I grabbed my CD copy of Danny's Get Into You album and popped it into the CD player of my twin cassette player, stereo and recorder. Then I took out the girls' Peter Andre cassette and stuck pieces of sticky tape over the open box (gasps) things at the top of the tape. You remember those, Eliza? Oh,
0: I I exactly know what you're doing. I I already know. The ones that
1: prevent (laughs) you from being able to record over the cassette.
0: Anyway. Yes, I know. Yep, yep, yep.
1: (laughs) So after the sticky tape was administered to the cassette, I popped Andre into the second deck of my twin cassette player and recorder, and thus my wonderful journey began, which was a journey of recording Danny Minogue's This Is It on repeat from my store bought <gasps> copy of the Get Into You album right over the sister's store bought and brand new Peter Andre album cassette.
0: Oh my god, you were
2: nasty, girl! <laughs>
1: Now, being the thrifty, middle-class, music-loving kid I was, of course, I did all of this after grabbing a blank 90-minute TDK cassette tape and making myself a copy of the Peter Andre oh, before good, good. I taped over.
0: Excellent. Good <laughs> anyway, to see your priorities were in order. Right,
1: right. <laughs> anyway, once my This Is It marathon uh, was done recording on side one, I flipped the tape over and did it all again on side two. <gasps>
0: So your 10-year-old mind Adam is like ju- I don't know where, like first of all may I never double cross you Well I was
1: already <laughs> taping over cassettes left right and center anyway to suit my needs right. as a kid that, that was apparently my my thing as a child Yeah like, yeah cassettes would go missing and they yeah. mysteriously end up in my room with sticky tape over the holes it <laughs> <recorded laughs> over. <laughs> oh so the, the next day I'd head on over to the neighbour's house and hand the younger sister her Peter Andre cassette bag. <gasps> I also did this big dramatic monologue at her doorstep about her being a terrible friend and that my mum had decided I wasn't allowed to play with her anymore because she thought her and her sisters were a pack of bitches. Oh my God. Did you use that word? I did, because that's the word mum used. (laughs) Anyway, I'm pretty sure that she would have tried playing that cassette straight away. And I'm guessing by the fact that the entire family never spoke to any of us in that house ever again. (gasps) I'm assuming that she wasn't very happy about it either.
0: So she never asked you about it?
1: Oh, no. No.
0: So you just just won the war? Literally. Congratulations.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, obviously this could have all been avoided if she just owned up to the fact that a cassette player chewed up my cast single-like.
0: Exactly. Like, accidents happen. Like, oh, my God. First of all, go to go to your parent and say, oh, my God, this has happened. At which point the parent would have said, all right, well, you're going to have to let Adam know. Perhaps we can go and buy him another one. And then the matter is resolved by the end of the day.
1: Right. You know, I mean, 10 and 13. I mean, these two sisters, they knew what they were doing. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And in
1: the end, they destroyed my Danny Cass single and I would never hear that glorious B-side it's time to move on again until the age of Napster and LimeWire.
0: Oh my God.
1: To this day, I believe I'm very justified in my actions and the only thing that I actually regret about it is the fact that I didn't have the foresight to grab my karaoke microphone and plug that into the cassette player singing (gasps) along with Danny on the song over and over again.
0: Oh my God.
1: Anyway, uh, if the two sisters are listening, out there. I hope you're happy with yourselves.
0: Oh my god! I want. If you're listening and you are one of the sisters, hit us up on the socials.
1: <laughs> so I know who to block.
0: Can you imagine?
1: Oh my god!
0: My goodness, this is not where I thought that story was going. I, I wasn't. I really had no idea. Just wasn't. Wasn't sure where the story was going to go. But um, I'm delighted. <laughs>
1: Danny's This Is It peaked at number 10 on the UK Singles Chart, number 17 in Ireland, number 32 in Iceland, and number 13 here in Australia.
0: Well, as we both know, it was really number one. That's It was. As long, it as, was. As, long as we believe it to be true.
1: So here's the thing. It was always number one on video hits. Because awesome. remember, they did their own chart. It was never oh, quite the ARIA it. chart. It was always sort of... Their own, and
0: Danny oh, was I mean, number that, one
1: week after week on that. That well, I remember.
0: That video was a number one video. I've I been mean, 100%. Like, anyway.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, by the way, there's a Belgian version as well.
0: What do you mean a Belgian a version? A Belgian
1: version of this sit.
0: As uh, in en français or f- in a like. a Flemish um,
1: language. The Flemish? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Uh, it was <gasps> recorded by Petra for her 1997 album, Petra.
0: Oh my goodness! I hope this is on the YouTube's because uh, I think it will be. It's
1: called Yee and Ik. Amazing,
0: gorgeous! (laughs) I hope there's choreography. Imagine if she did like the whole video as well. Oh my
1: god!
0: (laughs) But on a Belgian beach.
1: On September the 20th, 1993, Danny released Get Into You's fourth single and my absolute favourite from this entire era, and one of my very favourite Danny songs, period, the brilliant This Is The Way.
0: Love this. The return of Terry Ronald on vocal arranging.
1: Yes. This is such an amazing pop song and has aged like the finest of disco wines, a proper Mm -hmm. heaven. Those keys, as you said, that vocal arrangement, the chorus, the bass line, it's just all major.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Agreed
1: Such a great five star pop song That
2: mm-hmm. hits
1: all The things that I loved the most About commercial dance music in the 90s Yeah It just had that bit of a punch to the bass line That doesn't exist in dance music much anymore these days yeah! That incredible video, complete with the most iconic orange blazer in pop, it actually continued the theme from the This Is It video, which was the casting of then real-life husband, Julian McMahon, as her video love interest.
0: I have a lot to say on this video.
1: Please.
0: I wouldn't even call it a video, Adam. I would call it a short film. And you know the way that pop stars today like to do these essentially short short films, they're seven minute things. They've got like a little narrative and stuff, you know, like Aga. Right. done a lot of those. Um, once again, Danny, the queen of invention. I mean, I think this is where it began. Like it's only a few minutes, this, this video, but let me walk you through it because it is a roller coaster of emotion. It
1: really is.
0: <laughs> so it's the same director. It's Willie smacks again. Um, and I am obsessed with the fact that it's a literal sequel to This Is It. Like, literal. there has n- yeah, yeah, there has never been a greater sequel since Grease Two than yes, than This yes. Is the Way. Like, this is these are the two sequels that matter in the history of pop culture: Grease Two and This Is the Way.
1: Thank you, thank you.
0: So, look, yeah, a lot happens in a very short amount of time. So. The basic plot, just sort of high level overview, is Danny is kind of living her Samantha Jones corporate life in the big city. Right. And then ends up doing that whole, you know, when Carrie goes to visit Aiden at his. The cabin lot, that on cabin
1: thing. thing, yeah, and big comes, yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's kind of the vague synopsis here. So, anyway, so first of all, like you said, she's got this iconic orange suit on. So. She bumps into this guy in a suit on her lunch break, um, and he is just super aggressive. I don't know if they immediately go and have coffee then and there, mm. but he's he's practically violent with her, <laughs> tries to snatch something off her, and rightly so, she throws coffee all over his white shirt. Thank you, yes. And, you know, good. So, <laughs> I, like... Iconic behaviour. Iconic. Right from Iconic. the get-go. Who does he think he is? Anyway, so she's pretty shooketh, as you would be if some guy you literally just met starts being really aggressive towards you on a first date <laughs> over coffee. Anyway, so she goes back to her apartment and she's like, you know what, screw this. She starts looking at pictures, I think it's on her keyring or something, of, of Julian and is like, you know what? screw this, rips off the power suit, puts on her jeans and her top and starts packing a bag. But then the guy, date one, he's had one date with her. Somehow he's at her apartment with a bunch of flowers, banging on the door, gets visibly irritated when she doesn't get to the door within three seconds. Like, she looks through the people and he's just, like, getting all irritated. I'm genuinely scared of this man. So... I guess he's stalking her now.
1: Right. Which is not good. Got,
0: not no, good at I'm all. Real, I'm very angry about this video. Anyway. So, I mean, it's just a disgusting display of male entitlement. But that's a whole separate like monologue I could get into. So, he's so full on that she has to flee via the fire escape. Because she can't just leave <laughs> via her front door and say, Look, sorry. Um, I don't think this is going to work out. She literally has to go down a fire escape.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Gets into her car. He follows her on a high-speed chase because I guess this man doesn't understand the word no. So, it's a high-speed car chase through the streets of New York after one coffee date. Like, imagine meeting this guy on Tinder. What a nightmare. Oh,
1: God, a horror story.
0: Anyway, meanwhile, let's cut to Julian, you know, doing his thing on his farm. So, he's sitting on a swing... Um next to an empty swing and then we get immediate flashback to him pushing Danny on the this is it swing and you know it's in a different color because it's a flashback.
1: Yes. yes.
0: There's quite like there's a couple of little flashbacks to the this is it video and it's you know it's that I don't know what a filter it would be if it was on Instagram but you know It's
1: one, <laughs> it's one of that, them definitely.
0: <laughs> it's definitely one of them like, maybe Valencia I don't know. <laughs> Anyway, I, I, as you can tell, I'm obsessed with this entire concept. I don't know who kind of storyboarded this, but it's really really it's it's brilliant anyway. So he's like sitting on this swing, all sad. Then at one point he's chopping wood, he's painting. I mean, his whole character arc in this is very Madame X. Like, he's a painter, he's a wood chopper, he's a writer. And then randomly he just tips water all over himself because well, he's in a white Come singlet. on,
2: She
1: knew what she was doing. She knew oh, yeah. what she was doing. She was catering to her market.
0: A hundred percent. Like, no <laughs> one is mad about this. Anyway... Back to the high-speed car chase, Oh, my God. So, thankfully, we lose this clown at the New Jersey Turnpike, (laughs) where I assume a lot of clowns are
2: lost.
0: (laughs) But I mean the suspense towards the end of this video, because her car breaks down. So you're like, wait, is he going to catch up with her? Like, it's just go, go, go. This whole video is so intense. Anyway, she ends up jumping on a bike. And I just hope to God that uh, Julian kept hold of that axe in case this psychopath rocked up. Because I don't know what part three to this video is. Right. <laughs> but if it's that suit rocking up <laughs> to the farm, it better be him getting chopped up with an axe.
1: Thank you. Yes.
0: <laughs> anyway, it's quite a journey. If you haven't seen this video, please get into it. Um, <laughs> it is. It's It's incredible. I it every really time I watch really it, is. <laughs> like I have I mean I've I've given away the whole plot.
1: <laughs> I've actually but, recently done a uh a 4K AI restoration of that video uh, and it looks really really good. Uh, <laughs> I was actually watching it last night.
0: <laughs> it's it really is quite a a uh what's the word like a work of art. Like is, I you it, know we joke around about Danny inventing stuff but yeah, there was a whole, like, storyline, like it was a little short film. Yeah. And this is the without... kind of things that pop stars do today.
1: Right. And she did it all without it being, like, a 10-minute video either. It was just the regular exactly. regular length of a normal video clip.
0: Yeah, well, this is the thing. The way I've kind of, you know, explained this, it sounds like it's one of those 13-minute, you know, like, Gaga opus <laughs> pieces, but it's not. This is, like, literally just the song. Yeah. And a music video, and this, like, you get the whole story. And this was, like, what, 30 years ago?
1: Oh, <laughs> God.
0: Obsessed with this video. Obsessed. One of her best.
1: yeah, definitely. She looks so, so fucking hot in it. I've sworn quite oh. a bit tonight. My apologies, everyone, but it was re- it's required. That's how hot she looks.
0: This, I love this whole era. I think it's, uh, you know, we've spoken before about how <clears throat> the hits and beyond is one of our favourite kind of
1: Visual, looks. I don't yeah, know if, yeah,
0: Yeah, I don't know if it's like brunette Denny. That, oh, yeah. Is, is that what it is? But yeah, this, gorgeous, just gorgeous. This is the way I got
1: a smaller remix treatment in comparison to what would follow. And while both the Five Boys mix and the Funk mix are great, there's just no going past, once again, the original and the 12-inch mix. This Is The Way peaked at number 27 in the UK and a piss poor effort from the Australian music buying public yet a bloody again, peaking here at number 45.
0: Hey, do you reckon if we can get, if like the UK can get the Neighbours theme up to number one on the iTunes chart, surely if we're trying to push a campaign to get all of the Get Into You singles... <laughs> To the top of the Australian iTunes chart, one by one, week by week.
1: That would like, be amazing because they weren't featured on the Hits and Beyond. Uh, no. Because the Hits and Beyond was UK top 20 hits.
0: Yeah, I think we spoke about this on our I think we Hits did and Beyond too, yeah. episode. Like it's, And these are really, really great tracks. I mean, I I'll, I can mention it now or I can mention it later, that we did a, a poll on Twitter of what everyone's favourite single was. Right,
1: yes, yes, yes.
0: Um And... I won't spoil it now because we've still got one single to go, Mm. but, you know, just the general gist was that it was very evenly spread. And my takeaway from that was that they were just such strong single choices that it's not like, you know, sometimes when you do these things, like it's really obvious, Mm. like, which two singles might be out in front and then you've got a couple of two that are like, yeah, that was a fourth single. Mm -hmm. All of these were like just equally strong like I I didn't even know which one to pick it was like oh right. god I don't actually know which which was my favourite I mean the disclaimer was that we said okay everyone's favourite is probably this is it <laughs> so what, <laughs> what's because twitter's four favorite?
1: option rule yes. or whatever it is
0: yeah twitter has a you can only put four choices in a poll so that's mostly why we did that but um yeah I I, I still don't understand why these weren't on the hits and beyond aside from the obvious you know technicality reasons
1: right on the 4th of October 1993, Danny Minogue finally released her second studio album, the actually terrific Get Into You. With thirteen tracks in total and one remix at the end, Get Into You did a pretty great job of not only showing Danny and her voice in a more mature light, especially compared to the bubblier approach of her debut era, but also of her range and just how easy it was for this album's core cool genres to fit Danny like a glove.
0: Well, it- so in my notes, I kind of just went through and listened to each of the album tracks and just sort of made notes. Um, you know, it's it, so it's very a lot of them are very like Janet Jackson, that slow jam. Oh, total Janet slow Jackson. jam
1: vibe, yes.
0: Yeah, and some of it's you know it's one. Of, if you're trying to recommend this to someone, it's like yeah, if you like those Janet Jackson slow jams, Jeremy Jordan's right kind of love, <laughs> right. like. You know that kind of vibe. Like until we meet again is very Janet Jackson.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Oh yeah, I
0: think. And there's a lot of spoken word. I think that's what my uh, in almost every one of the songs I made notes on that I really liked. It's like more spoken word. Like (laughs) I don't know what it is about spoken word, but she can she can get away with it. So on wish you'd stop wishing, at the, the start of it. You know when she's like, "Hey boy."
1: Yes, I love that.
0: <laughs> Do you know what that reminds me of? It reminds me of the first few seconds including the music of New Kids on the Block's This one's for the children. Oh, oh, listen yeah. Listen to it again. Yeah. Like I had to I had to go and then listen to New Kids on the Block. I'm like, "Oh, this is really so, like I almost started singing that, but <laughs> that's that's another sort of that Janet slow jam." Yeah. Uh, like I think that's why it's it's just such a stunning album. Hey boy. In Kiss and Makeup, there's that, that little voice that's like, are you ready? And parts of the chorus remind me of Madonna's Keep It Together. I mean, she literally says the word together. So, <laughs> But there is something in the sound of it. Like, you can really hear the influences sort of of that time definitely. coming into the album. And it's all oh, the influences definitely. that I love.
1: Yep, yep. Yeah. So,
0: and even the, you know, that kind of scratching, the record scratching in mm-hmm. Kiss and Makeup and some guy saying Call the Cops, which is, you know, very white heat. So (laughs) I'm loving the Madonna and Janet references and stuff. (laughs) Uh, The other thing I love is if you're in love, like I'm very much here for that rap that's in yes, 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 yes. In the yes, middle yes, of yes. it, like it's you're just kind of like plodding along, listening to the song, and then out of nowhere, there's a rap. A song,
1: which,
2: glorious. No,
0: you and you and I both love a rap in the middle of a minogue uh,
2: song.
1: It, it, I'm a big fan of a rap or a renter rapper on any yep. female pop song. Really,
0: love it. Love Absolutely it. Absolutely love it. But I think we are we are both in agreement on our two favorite tracks. Well, yeah, album tracks. That is.
1: Um, Well, yeah, I mean, uh, this album has it all. You've got the house-infused bangers like Tonight's Temptation, uh, If You're In Mm -hmm. Love With Me, and my album cut favourite feels so good. You've got proper slabs of 90s R&B and funk with tracks like Until We Meet Again, Be Careful, Lucky Tonight, Kiss and Make Up and Hold On, uh, Balladry and Slow Jams via I Dream and I Wish You'd Stop Wishing, and of course, pop rock on the album's next single, the record's title track, Get Into You. This album has it all and is such a great time capsule and snapshot of the genres that really shaped the 1990s. Pop music... Mm -hmm. R&B, club music, and pop rock. Truly the big four. And what a big four this album's fifth and final single would round off.
0: just an incredible track. Do you know what I want this mashed up with? I want it mashed up with Bobby Brown's My Prerogative.
1: Oh, wow. Interesting. If someone hasn't already done Mm. that.
0: It's got that, yeah, like you said, that kind of rock rock R&B vibe to it.
1: Danny released the fifth and final single from Getting to You on the 30th of May 1994, and by the time this was a single, I was thankfully living back in Geelong after three Hellish years. I felt like I'd moved to New York instead of just a bigger version of Stratford when we left. And coming from Gippsland, look, Gippsland at the time had two commercial radio stations that were on the AM network. Oh my God, what? I'm not. I'm not oh. kidding. They were, the two stations they had were on the AM network and. Going from that to Melbourne, where there was this big boom in brand new test broadcasting radio stations that were youth run and dance music focused. I mean, I was in heaven and
2: Mm.
1: I had never had so many blank 90 minute TDK cassettes on hand for big marathon radio (laughs) sessions in my life. This was such a pivotal time for me in my deeper ventures into dance music. And it was interesting to hear those very radio stations really come out to support this track the way that they did. The brilliantly rocky original was hammered on 91.5 Kicks FM and the mind-blowing house remixes by Hustlers Convention were on rotation at 89.9 Hits FM. These were my two favourite stations as well, so I was obsessed, especially as the mixers took this now very familiar track thanks to the album version and turned it into something completely different and very fresh by way of a proper house dance classic.
0: incredible track again terry ronald doing the vocal arranging (sighs) just yeah yeah like
1: lush beyond
0: just just incredible
1: i'm also so here for the video and it's billowing 90s supermodel vibes just magical
0: Oh, she looks gorgeous here. Just absolutely gorgeous. So, the um, this was directed by Kirsten Lee, but it was also produced by Tim Nelson, who she was on Young Talent Time with. What? I know. <gasps> I had to clarify this. I'm like, this can't be the same thing. I think I ended up on his LinkedIn, because I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> so, which... There's this episode of Young I love this so much, like I felt that, you know when you are watching like a really heartwarming Instagram video and you go, "Oh, <laughs> so there was this episode of Young Talent Time that had, because he went on to do like producing and stuff like that, but was interested in it on Young Talent Time, so there's this episode where it's, I think it's him, Danny and Vince, they... Are allowed to like produce a music video and it shows the behind the scenes where Danny's the one singing and he's sort of directing. And I think right. Vince is doing um, something else sort of to help along with it. And so the idea that as kids they were doing this, <laughs> like sort of on Young Talent and kind of learning the ropes of making a music video and then they grew up to do that properly, I don't Very know. Sweet. It's just, it's so sweet. Like, I, I just had no idea he was involved in this. So anyway, and and also on stunning looks and visuals from this. So the photography for this single and the album and just that whole photo shoot, you know, where they're all the black and white, where she's like got that white,
2: it's
0: mm-hmm. just gorgeous. So that was by Adam Watson, who would then go on to do the Playboy shots. Oh. Which, now that I look back on those shots, they're st- I mean, they're gorgeous, those Get Into You
1: shots. Oh, beautiful. Shots, she's just got
0: the, the the shirt that's a bit open. Like just so stunning, and it's that same kind of vibe. Then when you look at some of the Playboy shots, it's like, ah, oh, right, yeah, makes sense. Like, a good pickup. That's a, per-
1: a great pickup, actually.
0: Yeah, and really, really, like perfect person to have got got that out of her and just mm. presented her in such a beautiful way. But yes, as I mentioned before, we did a little Twitter poll. And get into you was the favourite single after This Is It. I (laughs) know. I know. I was. I say I'm surprised, but I also wasn't surprised because it was moving around. Like one minute, like you know, show you the way to go would be the preferred one. Like it it was a tight race. Right. So get into you. Won that with 37%, and then we had Show You The Way To Go at 25%, uh, This Is The Way, 22%, and Love's On Every Corner at 16%, but I'm kind of wondering if that's because that wasn't a single here.
1: Wow. I thought This so, Is The Way would have been higher.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, there wasn't much difference. Get Into You just kind of right. pulled out.
1: I guess I just blow a bit more smoke up the arse of that track. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, it is an incredible track and video, so but uh, yeah God, I, I love this album I hope everyone like revisits this or maybe discovers it for the first time
2: Yeah,
1: so do and- I because it, it deserves it. it's an, one of the Danny albums that deserves its time out in the sun as
2: mm.
1: Girl has had previously in the past as yeah. Neon Nights has had especially with the reissue and the vinyl edition this is a really really great album that captures that era of the 90s. Yeah. It really So does. effortlessly.
0: Does this exist on vinyl?
1: I don't think so. I don't think Ooh, it I'd does. Like that.
0: Because this was this
1: was like around that. the era when it was all just like bye-bye. Yeah. Cuz I remember we were in Stratford when they announced that they weren't going to be doing vinyl clients right. and stuff anymore and I was devastated cuz I was I was a kid. I thought they were going to come and take our records away from us.
0: Oh. <laughs> God.
1: I was so worried. I was so worried.
0: Oh, my God. Well, it's the 30th anniversary next year, so um, once we're done campaigning for the girl vinyl, um, I guess we'll be moving on to this. Right.
1: Perfect. Sounds (laughs) great.
0: Yes. Excellent.
1: The Get Into You single peaked at number 24 on the Music Week UK Dance Music Chart, number 39 on the UK Singles Chart, and surprise, surprise, another abysmal effort from Australia with a peak of number 79. Very quickly, I do want to mention uh, from this era, the Eric Cooper 12-inch vocal mix and the radio oh. edit of album track Be Careful.
0: Oh, please. Can we just do a whole episode on this?
1: It's so good. I mean, it, oh. if, if there had been a sixth single from Get Into You... I would like to put forward the idea of the Eric Kappa radio edit of Be Careful. For me, this is Please. the definitive right, uh, definitive version of the track. And as mm-hmm. a remix, I think it would have fit the dance pop climate of the time very nicely as a single. Yeah.
0: So with Be Careful, Terry, again. Of course. Of
2: course. Yeah.
0: Like lit- It's funny how all the songs that you're just like, oh. Because it, I don't know if it's... I think it is this one that it always... It's got that sort of hint of um, Kylie's "Automatic Love," not "Automatic Love." Sorry, um, "Love Is Waiting," uh-huh. which he did the, which he did the vocal arranging on. Of
1: course! Oh my gosh!
0: <laughs> I know. Which was, you know, after this, but it's for someone who sort of says, "Oh, I didn't really do anything." He's doing something so because yeah. it's not just a random thing that oh, I just did. That was like something that someone just seems to let something loose or. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but the vocals on some of these tracks of just notes being held is just, they're effortless.
2: Yeah.
1: Otherwise, if it had to have been like an album track's original version, then I would have really loved to see them make a radio edit out of Tonight's Temptation.
0: Oh, yeah, that's another banger. (laughs)
1: The album Get Into You peaked at number 52 in the UK and at number 53 here locally in Australia. In 2009, the album saw a full remaster and reissue with four additional tracks, Feel So Good, Hold On, If You're In Love, and previously mentioned and missed This Is It B-Side, It's (laughs) Time To Move On, as well as a bonus second disc featuring most of the era's remixes, many of which we've actually already mentioned tonight on the podcast.
2: I'd
0: really appreciate it if this deluxe version was on streaming. Thank you, someone. I don't know what's (laughs) going
1: on because, so streaming for, I don't know if it's the same for Danny, but the streaming situation in Australia for Kylie is particularly rotten. We have really bad scans of the albums uploaded as the album art. Um, On Tidal Australia... Disco doesn't even exist, what? but it's available everywhere else in the world on Title.
2: That's weird.
1: So there's just this real mess of a situation when it comes to the streaming options for Kylie stuff on Spotify, Title, Apple Music, all that. It's a mess. But in the UK, yeah. it's all organised. Right. But
0: well, same with Danny stuff. Like I can't find any Danny stuff.
1: None of the deluxe stuff is on, on streaming. No. It's all just standard release versions of each of the albums.
0: Yeah. Well, this is why we have playlists on YouTube now, because we can't we couldn't do playlists anywhere else because nothing's on Well, there. half
1: the tracks that we mentioned most of the time aren't even on streaming, so we had to move it to YouTube because yeah. it's sort of endless there. If it's not on YouTube, does it really exist?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess that uh, this was kind of the era when grunge, Nirvana... Like, that was all sort of hitting its peak, so it kind of didn't really matter. Like, I know we're like, oh, God, Australia's not... What What were we doing? But it's almost like it didn't matter who you were or what you were doing if you weren't doing grunge. Right. And stuff like, you know, labels were being like, oh, I want, I want you to do grunge, or radio just wanted to play grunge. Like, it was in the fashion. It was literally, like, a way of life. It wasn't just, yeah. like, oh, what's popular on the radio. So, you know, we've always had to deal with Pop being a dirty word, even today, but it was never filthier than as grunge was coming up. So, you know, I think it was probably a lot of this was just unfortunate timing. Yeah. Not necessarily a reflection on the music or or anything itself. It was just.
1: I'll be honest with you, I gave up on the charts probably about. 10 years ago maybe more like I just don't even look anymore I just don't care (laughs) it's really it's bad but I just don't I used to be so into the charts and the chart systems and now it's just like
0: yeah uh,
1: does it does it even really mean anything
0: (laughs) Yeah, I don't really understand the chart. I think we've spoken about this before. I don't understand charts no. when it comes to streaming. No.
1: Oh, <laughs> like, God, it just blows my mind. But it like used to blow my to mind like a... as well that the US one was based on, partly based on airplay.
0: Oh, that's weird.
1: Right? Dodgy. Yeah, that's weird. Dodgy. Yeah, that's
0: dodgy. So the other thing I wanted to have a quick discussion on, Adam, was the VHS video <laughs> right, collection. yes which we have been watching a lot of. So for those of you who haven't seen it, it, it was literally released as a video, <laughs> not a DVD, not on YouTube, <laughs> a VHS. <laughs> so Tim Nelson, again, from Young Talent Time, was the editor for this. Mm. And um, Kirsten Lee, who also was the director for the Get Into You right. video, she did yes. she did this whole video. which I, And I believe she was doing all that that footage um, in Miami and stuff. So if you haven't seen the video, basically it's it's got the five singles mm. on on the video, but it's also got all this camcorder footage. That, so great. I mean, again, Danny invented YouTube videos. <laughs> Danny was a YouTuber before YouTube even existed. The
1: original so influencer.
0: She was the original influencer, invented every single platform. <laughs> <laughs> And we stand by that. We do, we
2: do.
0: why. this is why we're a history podcast. So, oh my God, how gorgeous is that black and white, you know, the black and white interview where she is serving Priscilla Presley.
1: Oh, yes. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. Like, it's just her talking to the camera and then it will cut to either behind-the-scenes footage of a video. This is on YouTube. You can find it if you don't have the VHS. And then it's footage of her just pottering around Miami, driving. It's it's the cutest thing, but it literally is like a, a YouTuber yeah. or an Instagram Live or <laughs> before anyone was doing The first
1: that. ever vlog.
0: Literally. Danny invented vlogging. <laughs> My goodness. I can't... How do we get into Wikipedia and upload... All this information.
1: <laughs> oh, it's very easy to do. It's very
0: easy to Danny do. Danny Minogue, inventor of Zoom <laughs> vlogging. <laughs> Floppy hats. There's <laughs> been a few things we've said.
1: There's been a lot.
0: I was trying to look into as well. What like was she doing live shows in this era? Uh, I feel like I read something that
1: I have maybe n- in Miami. No idea. I have yeah, no I think idea.
0: I, I've either see I saw an interview or I read something that she was maybe doing some club gigs in miami again i can't remember i've been in a youtube hole for a few weeks (laughs) anyway if you are old enough to have been at a gig in the early 90s where danny was performing let us know
1: yes yes how was
0: it where was it did you take a photo because unless you had a camcorder like danny um i'm guessing there's no (laughs) there's no video of it
1: Eliza, thank you so much for once again diving deep into the glittering back catalogue of our beloved Minogues. This time, Danny Minogues get into you.
0: Oh, this has been oh, just heaven. Mm. I, I truly forgotten how much I, I love this album. It's been really good doing underrated and underappreciated Minogue albums, right. and really like reigniting our love for those albums.
1: Definitely, especially because there's a lot of, uh, like, especially like with Body Language last month as well, there's not as much said about those albums as there are some of the bigger ones like Impossible Princess or Fever and Lightning. Yeah. So it, it, it's really, really good diving into them and seeing that the people that listen to the podcast, you lovely, lovely people listening at home or wherever you are, really, really resonating with the episode and pushing them to listen to the album again and rediscover yeah. things or, as you said earlier, discover the album for the first time. Yeah.
2: So, yeah. I hope
0: that happens with with getting to You. If you haven't listened to it in a few years or if you're like, oh, that's a Danny album that I, I don't know very well, like... Get into it.
1: (laughs) Right, literally. We'll let you know on the socials very soon just what we'll be doing for our next episode, which will be March's Minogue Monday, with a date to be advised. (laughs) Keep an eye on our socials. And speaking of, my dear Eliza, where can the lovely folk at home connect with This Is Disco on social media?
0: You can find us at This Is Disco, or one word, on Instagram and Twitter. And as mentioned last month, we're hovering around on TikTok trying to figure that out. Um, And that is at This Is Disco Podcast. So, and also, whilst we're talking about next month, um, it's our birthday next month. It
1: is too. It is too. Very exciting. Our first, year old.
0: I know. Our first birthday of the pod. So we'll be celebrating that, I guess, in sort of in tandem of our next Monogue Monday. Indeed, so. indeed. I'll be baking a cake, I guess.
1: <laughs> and uh, what about you, Eliza? Though, where can we connect directly with you on the socials?
0: Oh, you can find me on um, Instagram and Twitter at Miss Eliza Day, or one word. And you. Where is the long list of places we can (laughs) find you on the internet?
1: Right. I'm getting very, very busy these days. Uh, You can find me at adam.eve on Instagram. That's A-D-E-M, by the way. Uh, At Adam Eve on Twitter. I also host a weekly radio show on Mixcloud called The Record Doctor, at The Record Doctor on both Instagram and Twitter. I host and produce my brand new Girls Aloud commentary podcast called You Can't Mistake Their Anthology, at allowed podcast or one word on Instagram. There's a new episode of The Allowed Pod coming this Friday to podcasting everywhere. But, of course, all of that information can be found neatly laid out on my website, just in case you forgot, because I already have, uh, which is www.therecorddoctor.com. Uh, bloody hell, as I said, I'm just keeping myself busy. What can I say?
0: Yes, you're very busy being. <laughs>
1: Well, Eliza, thank you once again so much for this lovely day with Danny. It is always such a pleasure.
0: It is an absolute joy. And to everyone listening, uh, love and kisses, dance floor darlings.
1: Bye. See you in March for our first birthday. (laughs) You're listening to This Is Disco, a monthly Danny and Kylie Minogue commentary podcast with your hosts Adam Eve
0: and Eliza Day.